Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. File on sermons from the book of Hebrews is about that thick. Uh, Norma Weiber, one time I was preaching and she told me I couldn't preach in Hebrews anymore because her Bible was full of notes all in Hebrews. But as I was reading, I came across a verse. It's one of those verses that's just has stuck with me for years. And uh, it's just a simple verse. Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Things that accompany salvation. I looked up, I've, I've preached no less than seven sermons on that verse because it's a great kicking off verse. And I wanted to use it this morning to make a jump. And that jump is to, to, to something that uh, maybe you have never noticed. We, it, preachers preach a lot on the book of John and the I Am passage of, of Jesus. There's, there's seven basic I Am passages. Uh, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. Uh, I am the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the true vine. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. All those are things that Jesus said that John recorded, and they all point to two things, the person and position of Jesus Christ, who He was and what He came to do. And one uh, summer, we did every Sunday night, we did one of those seven as we went through the summer Sunday night services, and, and they're great passages. But as I was thinking about those in connection with this verse in Hebrews, I, I got to thinking about something else and I looked it up. Uh, and and uh, there are seven I am passages, but there are over 30 passages where Jesus said, I will. I will. And the difference is the I am's are about his person and his position, but the I will passages are all promises that Jesus made to those who believe and trust in him. They are all directed towards those who are born again and believers in Jesus Christ and are what we would call, the, and he would call the church. And so the next few weeks, I want us to spend some time talking about those passages uh, because it's important in these difficult and trying and troubling times that we remember that Jesus gave us certain assurances that, that were in these promises that he made to his people. And he has never, and no, nor will he ever, turn back or renege on one of those promises. So I want us to spend some time looking at those. And, and, and the first one is in John 6, 37 to 40. John 6, 37 to 40. Uh, here's what Jesus said in that passage. All that the Father gives me I will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have not come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, 
that of all He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise them up at the last day. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. That passage is about acceptance. We are, by nature, sinners. And the main thing that sin does is it separates us from God, from His blessings, from His grace. Uh, and until we become a follower of Jesus Christ and a believer and understand that He died on Calvary's cross so that our sins could be forgiven, uh, we are just lost. That, that, that's the only way I know to describe that. And what Jesus talks about in this passage, uh, in this great I will statement, it is acceptance. He says, those that come to me, I will in no way cast out. That means he will receive anyone who puts their faith and trust in him. Has nothing to do with how smart you are. Has nothing to do with how good you are. Has nothing to do with anything you have done other than to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he says, if you come to me, I will not turn you away. I will not turn you away. When Joanna and I were dating, uh, I, I may have told this story before, but I was uh, uh, from a family that was a little bit superstitious. And they believed that $2 bills were bad luck. That came from being around the racetrack. And so what you do with a $2 bill to get rid of the bad luck is you tear the corner off of it. And I, uh, her dad gave me a $2 bill once. And so I, the first thing I did, I started to turn that, tear that off. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, I am tearing that corner off that $2 bill to get rid of the bad luck. He gave me another one, and he announced from now on when you pick my daughter up, his, their front door had three little glass windows in it. It was kind of lost in the 60s. And when I'd show up for a date, I had to take out that $2 bill and hold it up to one of those glass windows, and he would look, and if all four corners were on the bill, I could take his daughter out. Uh, okay? Uh, I was not accepted until I showed that $2 bill. Jesus is not in the business of rejecting. He is in the business of accepting. He doesn't judge us when we come to Him because He knows we are sinners. He just accepts us as we are, and He washes that sin away, and we become renewed in Him. We become children of the King. We become born again. We become a new and glorious life in Christ Jesus. Judgment is reserved for those in the end who never accept Him as Lord and Savior but He will accept anyone who comes. You cannot be so far lost, you cannot be so far down in sin that He won't accept you. Uh, he will receive whosoever cometh unto me. Uh, that acceptance also it flows out of God's desire to see everyone saved. If you look at that 39th verse, you know, I get tired of people talking about God sending people to hell. He says, this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise them up in the last day. It is God's intention that when you're saved, you enter into glory with Him, and you are with Him now and forever. And it is His desire that everyone do that. God doesn't pick and choose and say, well, I don't like the way you do this, and so you can't come in. Or, I do like you the way you do this. He, he loves us all. And His love is for the entire world. John 3.16 teaches that. The, the whole world. And so, whoever you are, whatever you're standing with God, 
He loves you, and He wants you to be redeemed. The only thing that stands in the way is self-sufficiency and pride. Nothing in the way from God's side. He doesn't say you have to do this. You have to become perfect. He says, come unto me and find acceptance. It is his desire that that would happen for everyone. And that belief in this passage brings life. Jesus, as he's talking about this, in that, uh, in that 40th verse, he gives us a, another I will. He, he says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. We talk a lot about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And everyone who believes and trusts in him will be raised up in Christ Jesus to live in a new and glorious body, now and forevermore in Christ Jesus. Not, not, not to be separated from him, but to be with him in glory. So the first I will passage it is crucial to the understanding of the rest of the I will passages that we'll look at because it shows us the acceptance that God has for us. Uh, the fact that He loves us enough that He gave His Son and, and He accepts us as we are. That's an, I'm telling you, that's a good thing because none of us can change uh, by ourselves. I, I don't know if you've been watching. I, for some reason lately I've been catching all the fat commercials where people have lost weight. And this one lady says that she's lost 85 pounds three times, uh, and, but she's always gained it back. And she's trying to sell you this new hot diet, you know. The only time I ever lost 85 pounds is when our oldest son moved out. That's, that's about it. Uh, he, he, he accepts us like we are. You, you don't have to become good to get saved, because you can't become good. Uh, second thing, the perpetual power of His promise, John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. No, that's capitalized because it's part of the Trinity that you may abide with you for he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you i will not leave you orphans i will come to you in the uh, in the passage that goes along with that from luke that's uh, referenced in your outline jesus tells him he said look you're going to receive power from on high it's going to come upon you it's going to undo you Go back to Jerusalem and wait till the power comes, and then take the gospel into all the world. Uh, as he's talking here, he, he says, look, my prayer to the Heavenly Father is that He will send the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, the, 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 the one with power, the, uh, that He will send Him, that He might be with you, and that He might be in you. And he says, I won't leave you alone. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm ascending to heaven, I'm going to die, I'm going to be resurrected, I'm going to ascend to heaven, but I'm not abandoning you. There is a plan going forward for what comes next. And the next thing that comes is the Holy Spirit into the life of the believer. 
And that happened first on Pentecost. And it happens when a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We become a sanctuary, a cathedral, a living sanctuary to God. He dwells within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so he, he, he brings several things. And we're going to talk more about that next Sunday. Uh, get into some more specifics. But uh, he brings rest, uh, rest in the midst of life's burdens. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30 uh, is where Jesus talks about that. Uh, Matthew uh, 11, 28 to 30. There it is. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know there's two kinds of fatigue. There's physical fatigue. Uh, I had to go up north to our property, uh, uh, up there at Bridgeton this week, and my son is putting a new floor in a building, and uh, that, that, that is physical hard work, down on your hands and knees and, and trying to drive, and it, it is physically uh, taxing, and it wears us out. But there's also spiritual fatigue. Sometimes you just get tired. Uh, life just seems like it's more than you can handle. Things don't turn out the way you want things to turn out. People don't do the things that you wish people would do. Sometimes you don't do the things you know you ought to do. And it brings weariness and a burden. And Jesus said, part of the work of the Holy Spirit when He comes into the life of the believer is He brings rest from those burdens of life. He brings a place that we can take all our trials and tribulations and troubles and lay them at His feet. He brings us a, a, a blessing where no matter what trouble we are in, no matter how desperate things seem, we can go to Him and He will give us rest. There's so many examples of that in the Old Testament. Moses, Elijah, where God ministered to folks who were struggling and suffering. And a part of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is He keeps us regenerated spiritually. Second, he brings peace in the midst of chaos. John 14, 26 to 27. Uh, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, let it not be afraid. Jesus said, I'm going to give you in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the turmoil, in the midst of all the things that are going on in a nutty world around you, I'm going to give you a great sense of peace. And it is something that I, you cannot explain. You have to experience it. All right? Uh, I got, I'll get personal again. In 2008, uh, Joanna was in a trip, on a trip, as you know, to the Ukraine. Uh, leading, she and Sarah and five other ladies were leading the ladies' uh, conference there in Kharkiv. Please pray for the people of Kharkiv uh, in the midst of the war. And so I was at home alone, and I had four funerals in five days. And I was feeling pretty rough. And I went to the doctor, 
And long story short, I wound up in the hospital and uh, they said, you have to have bypass surgery. Uh, and uh, so with her in a foreign country, I had quadruple bypass surgery. Now I say all that to say, uh, the lady came in the morning of the surgery and she was shaving me, getting ready for the surgery, and I was joking with her. I have a, you know, a lot of hair, and I said, she got done, I said, I feel like a Build-A-Bear in reverse. And she said, well, you're in, you're in good spirits this morning. I said, well, I'm glad to, we're gonna get this over with. And she says, you're not, uh, she said, you're, you're ready, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. And she looked at me, this is a nurse I didn't really know, and she didn't know I was a pastor, and she said, how long have you been a Christian? I said, since I was 15 years old. She said, I, I, I've been a surgical nurse for a long time, and the peace who, people who go into surgery with this great sense of peace that you have, she said, I can always spot, uh, they're, they're like me, they, they're followers of Jesus. Now think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. In the midst of all the troubles and whatever life can throw against us and whatever the devil can bring against us, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, brings peace and calm. Amen. No panic. See, that comes from being a child of the King. There's no panic in heaven. There's only plans in heaven. Nothing takes God by surprise. And so when we understand that and lean upon that and, and lean upon Him, that peace comes into our lives that, hey, it may surprise me, but it didn't surprise Him. I may not know the answer, but He's got the answer. And so I can just put all my trust and hope in Him and know no matter what happens, He's going to bring through it the best for the kingdom of God. And since I'm a part of the kingdom of God, it'll be best for me. Joy, John 15, 9 and 11. Let's see if we've got that. I'm doing better reading this morning. And the Father loved me, and I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have promised you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Joy is even beyond peace. It is not happiness. We've talked about that many times. Happiness is a meal at McDonald's. It's fleeting. It doesn't last. Joy is something that is everlasting. Uh, the great basketball player, Jerry Lucas, I heard him preach a, 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 on, that pass, on, on that once. And uh, I don't know where he got the outline. I don't know that it was original to him. But he says, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Jesus said, what's the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord the God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And love thy neighbors thyself. Um, and, and that brings a, a, a joy. Uh, smile, make people wonder what's wrong with you. They'll ask you, you know, what are you so happy about? Here's why I'm happy. This is it. It is, a, it is beyond that happiness. It is a joy that cannot be taken away, that cannot be removed, and does not wear out or go away with time. All right? Uh, my uncle who has since gone to be with the Lord, was a, a, a great car trader. About every two and a half, three years, he was trading cars. And it was always, you'd see him, he'd get that brand new car, and he'd be joyous. He'd just be so happy, that new car. And then by the time it was three years old, he could afford to do that, but by the time it was three years old, 
it had lost all its shine and all its glitter, and it was time to trade. You know, Uncle Peter, you just say, well, it's about time he's going to be trading. Um, and that, his happiness would just fade with that, that thing. Uh, but he had a relationship with the Lord, and he had a joy that was beyond the happiness that came from having a new car. You understand what I'm trying to say here? Uh, and it is one of the things that the Holy Spirit brings in the life of the believer. It accompanies salvation. I suddenly not only have peace, I have joy. My goodness, life's all right. This is not so bad. Uh, God's got a plan. In the midst of all of it, I can know that joy. Uh, strength to carry on. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul's ta talking about he had a thorn in the flesh. He kept praying for God to remove that. And God said to him, my strength is sufficient for you. And what the Holy Spirit does is in the midst of these difficult times, he helps us keep on moving forward in our maturity toward God. He keeps us moving on forward in our journey with, with God. Uh, there's nothing sadder in, in life uh, than to see a believer in Jesus Christ who has run up against difficulty, who's run up against trouble, has not totally trusted God as they should, and they've just kind of spiritually sat down where they were, and they're not making progress towards maturity. When what the Holy Spirit wants to do is He wants to work in our lives to give us that strength to carry on in the midst of the, of the challenges, in the midst of the disappointments, in the midst of the disasters that come in life, and He gives us that strength to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And He gives us the promise that He will carry us through those times. Uh, he, he tells Paul, my strength is made sufficient in weakness. What that means is when we recognize, Lord, I can't do it. I need your strength. The Spirit within us will give us the strength to accomplish what He wants us to do and how we can get through the situation we're in. It is not our strength. It is His strength. And what we just need to do many times is say, Lord, I've been trying to sell settle this all on my own. I've been trying to handle this whole thing all my, on my own. And Lord, I, I just want to submit it and turn it over to you. And I want to lean on your strength in the midst of this adversity to bring me right through it. And then last, and we could spend a lot of time there. I preached a two-hour Wednesday night sermon here one time on this passage in Galatians 5, 19, 20 to 25. It's where he says that in the life of the believer, the Holy Spirit brings fruit. And, and it is singular. Uh, and, and, and he says it brings love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many times have you heard me say that? Because it is an integral part of the things that accompany salvation. He just plants it through the Holy Spirit in us. And what we need to do is just open ourselves up to it and let that grow and let it develop and let it come forward. You know, I, I used to garden. Uh, the ground where we are now doesn't, won't grow anything. But I used to garden. And uh, there's certain things that are important to garden, gardens. You, you, they need water. You need to spend time in God's Word, spend time with God's people, and spend time in prayer. You need to water the garden. Uh, and as you do that, that fruit begins to grow and develop more and more. It is a progressive development in the life of the believer that we call the move toward maturity. And as we water that by doing the 
prayer and the Bible study and being in God's house with God's people, that strengthens that fruit in the life of the believer. Uh, and, and it is a gift of the Spirit, uh, and it is a, up to you how much of it you accept and how much you allow it to grow and develop in your life. So uh, acceptance, uh, I will in no way turn you out. Uh, the perpetual power of God's presence, I will send the comforter, uh, the helper, the Holy Spirit to you. And then um, an eternal home, John 14, 3. This is right in the midst of a very familiar passage. But he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And then it goes on over to the, to the 18th, I believe, verse, I believe it is. Yes, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. There, there's an eternal promise from Jesus Christ that he says, I will never, ever abandon you. No matter how difficult things get, no matter how much uh, the world pushes in against you, no matter how much you do those things, I have prepared a place for you. So keep on moving forward toward the high calling of God. And understand that the troubles and the difficulties and the problems of this present age are but for a moment, but for a twinkling of eye in the great scheme of eternity. And for those who believe in Him, there is a place that is prepared for eternity that is without comparison to anything we could think of. No pain, no sorrow, no death, no physical suffering, no sin. Uh, perfect, physically and spiritually prepared just for those who believe and trust in Him. And He said, I will come and get you. I will pick you up and take you to my place, which will be your place for eternity. Uh, it, that also means it's an inheritance. Uh, we are joint heirs, the Scripture says, with Jesus. We'll talk about that next Sunday when we delve into the Holy Spirit a little more closely even than today. But one of the things he gives us is a guaranteed inheritance. Uh, it is what you're going to receive in Christ Jesus. It does not wear out. It does not diminish. It is eternal. And that inheritance is more than just a mansion. It is a t the eternal glory of being in his presence where the peace and joy and strength and things the Holy Spirit has brought here are brought to us in totalness in the presence of God. Uh, we have wonderful peace now. We have great joy now. But it is no comparison to the peace and the joy that we'll have there. Uh, and lastly, uh, better things in store. Revelation 1, 18. Let's see. What, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to Hades and death. Um, got up to our Bridgeton property, and uh, 
I had left a key at home. Couldn't get the door unlocked. So I went up to the mill and had a hamburger sandwich and on a mill bun and drank a Coke and waited on my son to arrive because I knew when he got there, we would get in because he's far better than me. I don't think he's ever lost a key in his life. He has some keys he don't know what they go to, but he's never lost a key in his life. And so when he got there, he, he opened the doors up and we got, got to work on what we were doing because he had the key. Very significant statement that Jesus says, listen, I have the keys to Hades and death. He said, I'm in control of all that. I have defeated death. I have defeated the devil. I'm in charge. And because I've got the key, I can get you in. And I will get you in into the eternal presence in God. Great passages. Uh, I will. The word of God given to not the world, but his children. And if you are saved this morning, they are part of the things that accompany your salvation. And as we look at them over the next few weeks, I hope you're encouraged. Uh, they will give you strength to carry on, hope for the future, and peace in the present. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for these I will. They are the promises of the King. And we thank you for uh, the fact that Jesus not only told us about his pers person and his position, but he also gave us these promises that we can build a life upon. Uh, he compared it to building a house upon a rock and not upon the sand. And so we pray that each of us as Christians will strive to move toward that full maturity that comes in understanding these things that Christ has promised and putting them into the full fruition in our lives. We're thankful for the assurance that he will accept those who come to him. We're thankful for that assurance that that uh, salvation is eternal and not dependent upon us. We're thankful for the promise of the perpetual power in the life of the believer that comes through the Holy Spirit. And we've just barely touched on the things the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer this morning. But we're thankful for the peace and the joy and the strength that he brings uh, that keeps us focused and moving forward in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.